Welcome to the sixth episode of Talks with Dalit. My name is Akshita Maheshwari, and I am the content and growth lead here at Dalit. Today we have with us the founder and CEO of Dalit, Varun Fatehpuriya. Before Dalit, Varun worked with some of the biggest investment firms in the world, like Bloomberg and Blackstone. He graduated with distinction in finance and information system from the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. He is also a NSIM certified investment advisor. We are glad to have you here with us, Varun. Thank you so much for having me once again, Akshita. Yeah, Dolat is a tech-enabled all-in-one platform that provides customized portfolios to people so that they can reach their financial goals. Today, we are here to discuss another interesting topic about finance, which is investing in gold. We've seen that Indians love gold. whether it is a festival or it is a marriage the first thing that we talk about is buying gold so varun could you tell us why is there this love for gold especially amongst indians yeah so india's love for gold is actually rooted in tradition right so the significance and importance of buying and holding gold goes back to the early medieval days so it is no surprise that we have continued to hold on to that tradition of buying gold whenever we see an opportunity so just to give some numbers uh, to our audience today to elaborate how much we love gold right so indian households indian families collectively today hold over 23000 tons of gold that's equivalent to approximately 1 crore crore or 1.4 trillion dollars i mean it is such a big number it is really difficult to fathom how much we actually love gold if we translate that into hard rupee value and we also actually hold approximately 11% of the world's reserve it is not that we have started to reduce our love for gold over the past few years if if that was a way in fact if anything the demand for gold continues to rise year on year today indians collectively demand approximately 840 tons of gold every year and actually most of that demand comes from rural india where people still do not have access to a bank account or think of gold as a security something that can be liquidated just as easily as uh, cash lying in their bank account they really think of gold as an insurance mechanism something which will come good to them uh, when things go bad so that's how much indians love gold and we really do not think that is going to die down uh, anytime soon Wow, I mean those figures are really fascinating, and uh, I mean truly surprising also. So, uh, could you, you know, maybe give us some reasons why Indians like to have gold in their portfolio so much? So, Indians primarily have gold in their portfolio as a consumption asset, uh, and not so much as an investment or a financial asset. Uh, and there are two key reasons why Indians have gold in their portfolio inadvertently. I think it's mostly by happenstance and not by design number one gold has a very strong religious connotation whether you um, attend any festival go to weddings parties it is by happenstance that people inadvertently end up accumulating a lot of gold for these uh, events in their life and it plays a really important part in the social and the cultural fabric of the country so that's number one a very strong religious and a social connotation so in fact over 50% of the demand for gold actually comes from weddings and uh, it is no surprise that indian weddings are a huge affair and that is where a lot of the demand for gold actually also comes from and number two 
uh, why Indians typically also love gold is because it is really used as a family heirloom, as a way to pass on legacy from one generation to another. Uh, if you have parents, grandparents in your home, you will typically see them holding a lot of gold and then passing on to you uh, from time to time as a way of passing on their legacy uh, to your generation and a generation below yours. So those are the two key reasons why Indians inadvertently end up holding a lot of gold in their portfolios. Yeah, I mean, I can truly relate to this. My grandmother often gives, you know, gold coins as a sign of um, her blessings. So this is something that is definitely prevalent in Indian families. Um, Varun, could you maybe talk about uh, gold in terms of an asset class a little more? So gold as an asset class is something that is not just relevant to the Indian families domestically, but it is also very important as an asset class internationally. And there are three key reasons why gold as an asset class has continued to hold its value over centuries, right? Number one, it is a great portfolio diversifier. And by that, I mean that it is very lowly correlated to other traditional asset classes like stocks and bonds. So when you see a downturn in those two asset classes, people typically tend to flock to gold as a way to protect their value. So it is a great portfolio diversifier. And if you're thinking of diversifying your portfolio, you should definitely consider having gold as an asset class, at least some percentage of allocation to it. Number two, it is a safe haven asset. What we saw in 2022 with the Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine, in times of extreme uncertainty, in times of extreme volatility, people flock to this yellow metal because this is something they know will hold its value over a longer period of time. And number three, it is highly liquid and provides a store of value. Just how liquid uh, cash lying in your bank account is, today you can easily liquidate gold in a matter of hours, if not less. So these are the three key reasons why having a certain percentage allocation to gold as an asset class is really helpful uh, at a portfolio level. Okay, so maybe you can tell us more about what are the different ways in which we can invest in gold? So today in India, Akshita, there are five key ways of investing in gold, right? Number one, and something which we are most familiar with is buying physical jewelry or gold bar. Like you walk into a jeweler showroom um, and either you buy physical gold bars or you convert that gold bar into a jewelry that you can easily wear uh, into weddings and events and all of those things. One thing to keep in mind, which a lot of people tend to overlook is just the amount of taxation that is applied to buying physical gold over and above the price of gold, right? So just to give some example, uh, there is a 10% import duty over and above that. There is an approximately 5% cess with the government of India charges. And then there is a 3% flat GST. So just from a tax perspective, you are paying 18% taxation to purchase that physical gold. And this does not include any of the making charges, which is can come in anywhere between 8 to 20, 25%, depending on the kind of make that you have when you're buying these physical things. People tend to buy physical gold. People tend to buy jewelry, not more from an investment perspective, but more from a consumption, something that can be worn um, and shown to people. So that's number one, physical jewelry and gold bar. Number two is digital gold. This is something that has been gaining traction in the country over the last five to seven years, especially after the coming of the new age investment platforms, which have provided a lot of youngsters, millennials as a way to access gold by fractionalizing it. 
by that i mean you no longer need to buy 5 gram 10 gram 15 grams of gold go to a jeweler and purchase it physically just by sitting at your home tapping a few buttons and having as low as 500 or 1000 rupees you can buy a certain fraction of gold for that amount something to again keep in mind over here is that you should be mindful of the buying and the selling commission that you pay to these platforms every time you make a buy or a sell decision that's number 2 digital gold number 3 are etfs or exchange traded funds similar to how you would invest in a stock etf or a bond etf which effectively hold a collection of underlying stocks and bonds gold etfs also function in a similar manner the only difference here being that the gold etf invests in physical gold so if you are buying one unit of etf on a stock exchange similar to any of the stocks that you would buy otherwise each of the unit is represented by 1 gram of physical gold and naturally so the price would be equivalent to the existing price of gold at that point in time the thing again to be mindful of over here is that when you go and sell this one unit you will not receive physical gold in return you will receive the equivalent value of the gold at that point in time so that's number 3 gold etfs number 4 are gold mutual funds again these function in a very similar manner to gold etfs the difference here being that the gold mutual funds in turn further invest in gold etfs so these are primarily for investors who do not have a dmat account and number 2 it gives you an easy way of participating in gold through sips which is something that you cannot do very easily through etfs uh that is something that you should definitely consider uh, if you do not want to uh, have the hassle of buying digital gold or buying gold etfs and number 5 are sovereign gold bonds or sgbs this is again a relatively newer concept but this is something which is issued by the rbi on behalf of the government of india so there is an implicit sovereign guarantee when you are buying sovereign gold bonds what are sovereign gold bonds are essentially when you are buying one unit of an sgb again similar to a gold etf it represents 1 gram of gold right one of the most interesting aspect of an sgb is that it pays you or the government pays you 2.5% interest every year on the amount that you invest irrespective of the appreciation or the depreciation in the price of gold and if you hold these bonds through their maturity period of approximately 8 years then you are also exempt from paying any capital gains tax right capital gains tax is really just the difference between the buying and the selling price so if you are able to see through the investment for a period of 8 years you no longer have to pay any of the taxes so these are the five ways of investing in gold in india and the latter four are more of a way of investing as a financial asset as compared to a physical jewelry or a gold bar which is typically used for consumption what i'd say a lot of these options were new to me also i mean and i got a lot of clarity uh, in in about investment in gold so since now we've uh, understood that it's important to have uh, a percentage allocation of gold in your portfolio for diversification purposes could you maybe tell how much uh, that percentage should be so again we have seen typically if you are able to allocate anywhere between 5 to 7% of your overall portfolio 
uh, to gold, it acts as a great diversifier and it also protects your portfolio from extreme volatility and downturn in the stock and the bond markets. This is something that we had seen in the last 12 to 15 months with the invasion. Uh, and so having an allocation anywhere between 5 to 7% um, is a good enough allocation. I would not really recommend 15, 20, 25% because it is not a very good wealth creation opportunity. This is primarily uh, used as a hedge and a diversifier. Understood. Uh, Varun, is there anything else that you would like us to know about gold and investment in gold? Uh, I think gold as an investment asset, as an asset class, definitely is not dying anytime soon. I think people have started to realize the importance of gold uh, as an asset class in their investment portfolios and not just uh, something that can be worn. Uh, so definitely uh, do think of the newer ways of investing in gold, which is definitely a lot more efficient. When you're buying physical jewelry gold bar, you also have to think about the higher taxation, the higher storage cost and the risk associated with the security of it. Uh, and the newer ways of investing in gold are much more efficient. So these are some of the points that you should keep in mind when you are thinking about investing in gold as an asset class, as a financial asset. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Varun. I definitely had a great time uh, doing this interview with you and I hope so did our audience. I'll see you again next week. Thank you, Akshita.